raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Well, hello and welcome this week to our episode of Healing the Whole Person. I am your host, Angela Tomlinson, and Joan McHugh is on vacation, God willing. We hope she's enjoying herself and taking a much-needed rest. I'm your humble host, but with me today in the studio is Dory from the Legion of Mary, Dory Sarsak, and Ann Oakley. So the three of us, it took three of us to kind of replace Joan this week. Our guest this week is no stranger to the Healing the Whole Person show, Father Robert Sears, S.J. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Father Sears is the past president of the Association Act Heals. I guess it's called Act Heals. And uh, he's from Loyola University. Is that right, Father? Loyola, yes. Retired now. Retired from Loyola. And uh, Father has been a presenter at many of our healing conferences. Our next conference is coming up at the end of October this year. And Father, uh, his specialty, I guess you would say, is Healing the Family Tree. And if you'd like to learn more information about him, he is at www.familytreehealing.com. So welcome, Father, to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Today, uh, the topic I have is really the last of the Beatitudes, which is happy those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. How beautiful, Father. Thank you. And so this is the eighth and final Beatitude, and it's uh, actually it is paired with the first one, so the first one, of course, is uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So both promise the kingdom of God. And the one, you might say, is the introverted or the inside attitude that we need to have, that we have a sense of poverty, uh, a sense of our own need to ask. And that opens us up to really depending on God, which is our ultimate truth and then we have the kingdom of God and if we really are related in that deep way to God in our own life that is we are righteous in the sense of hungering and thirsting after righteousness which is the middle beatitude the our father then we will have this effect in the culture the culture will persecute us because the culture is more interested in controlling uh, and you might say having its own way and so those that really live out of God's way are going to be in opposition to them and persecution is the way that that's affected so the Beatitudes actually are, <clears throat> are not uh, speaking about happiness in our ordinary sense Scripture does speak about the fact that if, if we keep God's commandments, we'll receive abundant blessings. And so we have come to expect that if we keep the commandments, if we do what God wants, it won't God bless us. Well, Deuteronomy 30, 19, 20 says, 
I put before you life and death, blessings and curse. So choose life then, that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God and keeping his commandments and holding fast to him. So yes, that, that is exactly what will happen. God will bless us. But this is promised, you might say, in a human way. God gives us natural blessings. But when Jesus came, in some ways he reversed a lot of that because he's really talking about supernatural blessings. Because he came as the Son of God to restore our connection to God's love. And when we restore God's connection to God's love, then we're going to, yes, deepen in our relationship with God and deepen in our relationship with Jesus. But the effect of that in a world that doesn't really put God first is that they'll oppose us and they'll have difficulty with it. So when Jesus came, what he expressed in the Beatitudes is our ultimate eternal life. And Jesus restored to us through his death and resurrection that eternal life which we received in baptism. Because Paul says, you know, when we were baptized, we were baptized into the death of Christ that we might be raised with his life. So your true life is hidden with Christ in God. Seek the things that are above. So all the Beatitudes refer to this restored new life. And they have to do with discerning about the nature of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts, we're going to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We'll have peace, joy, patience. But we'll also have persecutions. And that's really what this final beatitude is telling us. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. When Deuteronomy was written, actually, you know what it says, I put before you life and death. Actually, it was written just before the exile, and scholars tell us that it was written as an explanation of why they got exiled, <laughs> because <clears throat> they didn't keep the commandments of God. And so when they didn't keep the commandments of God, then God brought on all the things that he said would happen, death, and all the devastation, and the crops wouldn't yield fruit, and all the things would go wrong. And so we experience that somewhat in our culture today, don't you? Many things are going wrong. Are we really putting God first? Are we letting God be God? Now the prophets were those that spoke the truth, and they were treated very much like this beatitude says, they were persecuted. They are the prophets, you might say, of the new covenant, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so they were persecuted. They were like the prophets that we know. If you look closely at the different ones, like Jeremiah, they threw him into a, a, a well. They were going to leave him there and then he was saved by the Lord. Amos was driven out of the, the, uh, you know, the site in, in the northern kingdom because he spoke against Jeroboam, and Daniel was thrown into a lion's den and into a, a pit of fire because he was leading this. In other words, all the prophets and Jesus said that all the prophets were treated this way. 
all the way up to John the Baptist who was beheaded because of his witness to God and finally Jesus himself. So the prophets are the ones who you might say reveal what it's like to be holy in a world that is trying to do its own thing and not pay attention to God. So Elijah, for example, who was taken up alive, uh, and so he didn't really get killed because of his being a prophet, but he was uh, threatened by Jezebel after he killed the prophets of Baal that he was going to end up the same way. <clears throat> so if he wasn't protected by the Lord, so he he withdrew and went all the way to Mount Sinai in escaping Jezebel. So this is what happens. So Jesus speaks in parables with people who have hardened hearts so that they won't kind of oppose him right away and and not get the message. Scripture says, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted and I heal them. Because if if we really hear God and despite the opposition of our culture and our surroundings then we will be healed we will be opened to the beatitudes we will be filled with that joy and so the first text in Matthew that clarifies this beatitude is precisely this blessed are you so remember the beatitude is blessed are they but here the first explanation is blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad. So <laughs> rejoice and be glad. Why? Because the prophets before you were persecuted in just this way. And so we think of those prophets I mentioned, Jeremiah and Amos and Daniel and pretty much all of them were opposed and that's one of the signs that they were true prophets because if they had said things that just say peace, peace, well, the only way that you could say that that is true is if peace actually results. <laughs> because you know, Jeremiah said to the false prophets, you say peace, peace, and there is no peace. And the Lord is going to bring devastation, which is what happened. Jeremiah predicted that he would be you know, that God would bring chastisement on the city if they didn't surrender to the king of Babylon. And he, even though the king promised he would do so, he listened to the princess and failed to do so. And so they were exiled, and the whole city was destroyed, and he himself was taken into captivity and not treated well. So this is exactly what Jesus predicted that they would the people that would be acting as he lacks would be treated that way but would also be blessed at a deep level because they would also and there's two other explanations that indicate the the fruitfulness that comes from that there are two other texts that illustrate this beatitude remember in all the beatitudes there's three little passages beginning from the end and going to the first that explain the beatitude. Since this is the last beatitude, it is explained first. 
And so the first explanation is, blessed are you when they persecute you. But there's two other texts that illustrate the beatitude. The first is that you are the salt of the earth. Now, salt is a preservative. It's like salt pork or salt beef or something. You know, they could take it on sailing ships and it would be kept from spoiling. It is also essential for life. Salt, without salt, we can't really live. And so it was so precious that one's salary was paid out in salt, like a seaman. He says he's not worth his salt, you know. And we say salary itself comes from salt. <laughs> so salt is a very precious thing. And animals, for example, in order to to survive, have to have a salt lick or something that will give them salt so they can, you know, digest their food. So the salt is important for our life. And it it is it puts a sting in things, you might say, or something that uh, opens us up to digestion. It allows us to digest food, etc. So if salt loses its taste, Jesus says, with what can it be seasoned? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So that the true spirit brings a willingness to accept persecution and that releases our power to attract believers and to become a source of new life. Isn't that a beautiful example of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows us to face suffering. The blood of martyrs, as Tertullian wrote, is the seed of Christians. When they saw the martyrs dying with such joy and such uh, happiness, really, the people were brought to considering that there must be something working in them that's beyond this life. They can't have that joy if they thought this life was the end. And so their trust in an everlasting life was revealed in the fact of their joy in their suffering. Isn't that interesting? So if we seek God so much that suffering itself becomes relativized and we don't really think of it as negative. In fact, the deeper we get in the spiritual life, the more we will, in a sense, be open to suffering because that's what Jesus did to help us. So there are other kinds of suffering besides being martyrs, like Mother Teresa, for example, her caring for the destitute poor. And she became, as it were, a special person in India, even though she was Catholic, because of her care for the poor, people saw that God was working in her. And Padre Pio, for example, who suffered so much in caring for the poor, was able, through the grace of God, to draw thousands of people up in the mountain. And when he wanted to build a hospital there to help the poor, people said, he's crazy. Who's going to go up in the mountain to the poor people? Well, <laughs> he's got so much they had to increase the size of the church there so to accommodate all the people that are going up there. And he not only built that hospital to help the poor, he built a research center to help all health care. Those that really commit themselves to God. And Padre Pio, of course, was suffered the 
stigmata and he, he was prevented from ministering for seven years and he accepted all, all that peacefully because it was God working in his heart. And there's another image that Matthew uses is the third little story is that you are the light of the world. Now a light in those days was like a candle. It burns itself up even as it illumines others. It's in that surface, the service of despite suffering that captures our hearts and inspires us to follow their example. I always think of the sun. The sun burns of itself two, uh, two, two million tons of itself every second in order to give us light and heat. So it's like that. We are the light of the world. We, in a sense, are being uh, illumined and purified. And even as that happens, then we become illumination for other people. We show them what really is true because we have to go beyond this life to get to the full truth. A city set on a mountain, Jesus says, cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they might see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The more we live in the Holy Spirit, that light will shine. And God will bring that light into the open, maybe not during our lifetime. It might be afterwards. It might be that that which we're doing in secret with the Lord, he brings to light afterwards. Gerald Manley Hopkins, for example, is a poet. And he, really, very few of his poems were published before his death. And one of his friends said, why don't you, you know, insist on getting them published? And he said, well, he's just following obedience. If he's supposed to get it published, then he get it published. If it isn't, it's just the service of the Lord. <laughs> And after his, le after his death, they were published, and he became a poet laureate of England. <laughs> so God will bring that light into the ocean, into the open, and our sacrifice is part of it. So it wasn't, isn't, we're not seeking our own glory, but that God would be glorified. So Jesus said, let your light shine before people that they might see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. It was only after her death that Mother Teresa's diary showed the dark night of faith that she went through for 40 years while she was caring for the destitute poor that she served so faithfully. There's I say, Father, we're going to have to take a very short break. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Healing the Whole Person with Father Robert Sears. His talk today is a beautiful talk. This is one of my favorites, Father. Happy those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So stay tuned. We're going to have to take a break. And, Father, we have a number of prayer requests as well. Thank you so much for that beautiful, beautiful talk. I, I know that this is going to make our, our classics, our Healing the Whole Person classics. So stay tuned.
Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM. Or maybe you're listening to us online at our website, WSFI Catholic Radio, or TuneIn, or Simple Radio. Lots of ways to listen to WSFI. And this is definitely a show I think that everybody is going to want to hear because many of us are feeling exactly Father Bob Sears is just talking about happy those who are persecuted for righteousness because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Father, before we bring, uh, before we go to our prayer request, Ian Oakley and I were talking at the break. And uh, Annie, did you have a comment or a question that you wanted to ask Father? Yeah, I was just wondering if, Father, um, when you look at our everyday culture today, um, do you see anything as a, examples of what we're talking about as far as perse- being persecuted? I think, yeah, we need to realize that uh, there are many kinds of suffering, and we might not be persecuted in the sense of uh, opposition from the culture. It, it might be opposition from our own family. <laughs> it might be uh, difficulties in the family. It might be, uh, you know, relationships, uh, husband and wife, where one really doesn't see the same way as the other person. And in order to love that other person, you have to love with a selfless love you have to get God's support in order to do that in order so that basically that opposition or that difficulty serves to deepen your faith and there's a number of different ways that that can happen you can have it with uh, health problems that would uh, you have to trust God ever more that you wonder why he would let this happen to you etc 
you know, all of these are, in a sense, the, the consequences of the effect of sin on our culture. And when we accept those consequences in our own life and still trust in God, we are actually bringing about healing of other people and ourselves. We're facing those difficulties, uh, not thinking that, well, God, if he really loved us, wouldn't make us suffer so much. And that's what we often think, isn't it? That if God, he really loves us, like uh, Deuteronomy says, wouldn't he give us good things? Well, this is a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing because it deepens our faith in God and our willingness to sacrifice, to love as God loves us. In other words, God wants us to become like God. And what is it like to be like God? It's to be like Jesus. And what is Jesus willing to do, revealing who God is? He's willing to give his life and to take on the consequences of our sin and all the suffering that has to happen because of that, because sin cannot be allowed to go into the presence of God. God is all perfect. And God burns away all the sin because sin actually is total ingratitude. Everything we have is God's gift to us. And when we use God's gift to us against God and against his way for us, that has to be purified because we can't get into heaven without being purified. And so everything that happens to us and all the difficulties of our life are like the persecution, are like the difficulties that happen when we really are choosing God because we're going against a world that is formed and transformed or deformed by sin and where we want to get God out of the picture so we can really take over. Well, that's not going to work. And so when we stand up for the faith in a, a, this kind of a culture, we are really deepening our union with Jesus because he's the one that ultimately stood up for trusting in God's love no matter what by dying on the cross. He faced everything. So these are things that you might say, well, is this, how does it happen in my life? You know, well, just name something that's difficult that you have to trust God to strengthen you to do. Like your children don't do well in school or they, they don't uh, stay with the Catholic faith and they go into a different direction. And how do you continue to love them? You release them to Jesus. <laughs> and you have to face the suffering of that, of their not following what you know they really need to in order to get close to God. Those are some examples, but you could multiply it. Nobody gets through life without suffering. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Father. Well, you know, Father, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, one of the prayer requests that came in was, um, you know, the, to pray that our that Donald Trump stay strong, and mm -hmm. then he nominate a pro-life candidate on Monday because there's a lot of talk and. And when you were talking about being persecuted, one of the um, senators, <laughs> yeah, one of the senators was on TV, and she was commenting about one of the prospective choices for the Supreme Court. And she called her—I can't remember the words. I don't know, Annie Ador, if you remember. But she said something about how she wears her dogma. She, there's a name that they have for people who live out their faith. I don't know if you mm. heard that comment. But essentially, mm. the fact that that person—it was a woman from Notre Dame, I believe—that they were referring to 
the fact that she believes the dogma of the Catholic Church was a reason that um, they were going to vote against her. There's a name for it, and it just is escaping me, Father. But yes, there you go, they, persecution in your persecution in your your career path. Or the, how about the pharmacist, Annie, the pro-life pharmacist, where they yes, said, "Well, right. they better get another job if they believe in pro-life." Exactly. Or the doctors that refuse to advise for abortion. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, there's so many ways that we have to uh, stand up for the truth, and the, and the way the the culture wants to communicate these things is to make it look like abortion is for healing, you know? <laughs> We're f this is for, you know, health care of our, our people that they could have the abortion, you know, which is totally opposite. It kills them interiorly. It doesn't just kill the child, it kills the person spiritually interiorly when they have to bring their own child to death. So it's like the culture is feeding us lies, and that's a lot of people just uh, kind of go with what's said in the media rather than really trust what God's saying and live by it. Because there's, as Jesus said, many there are that go that way. Wide is the way that leads to death, and many there are that go that way. Narrow is the way that leads to life and few there are that find it. So it's not by common request that we get to God. We go, we have to take the narrow route. How about, how about the spiritual persecution, Father? We had had Father Cliff, I think Father Cliff Erminiger on the air, and he was talking about the different stages of the spiritual life. And I'm going to probably butcher his message, but what I understood his message to be saying is that that you go through different stages and you have persecution or oppression from the devil. So once you've mastered that and you've proven, okay, I can get past this stage, then he realizes he has to change his tactics. Yeah, it gets deeper. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the, St. Ignatius in the spiritual exercises has three degrees of humility. Really three degrees of love or three degrees of growing spiritually. The first degree is that I wouldn't do anything to commit a mortal sin. I would uh, you know, avoid that at all costs, so to speak. And the second one is that I wouldn't do anything to commit a venial sin. <laughs> and besides that, I'm detached from everything. I, in other words, I don't, I'm not holding on to anything. I really only want to serve the Lord. And so anything that would stand in the way of that, I let go of. That's the second degree only. There are three degrees. Wow. What's the third degree, Father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the third degree is is that all things being equal, I would prefer to be dishonored. Wow. And humbled. Why? Because that's how our blessed Lord was treated before me. It's really three degrees of love of Jesus. That is so beautiful, Father. That is so beautiful. That's a steep ascent, though, isn't it? Yes. And ultimately, the deepest, the deepest intimacy is shared vulnerability, shared woundedness. That's what keeps us from really uh, opening to the deepest intimacy that we could have with another person, even in marriage, that people don't share their own woundedness with each other. They can't admit their own difficulties or whatever. And if they 
don't really trust the other person, they'd be unwise to share their difficulties because don't cast your pearls before swine, as as Jesus says. And I think the pearls that that means in the beatitude there is that the pearl is that irritant, that deep vulnerability, which is the key to our holiness. Because when we can bring that to God, then we can break through our whole self just as God broke open his whole self to us in Jesus on the cross. So his grace because is he showed that his He showed the suffering that he's willing to take on himself so that he can identify with us in our lostness, in our woundedness. And we will know that we're loved no matter what we're going through or what sin we've committed because he's taken on himself all of the effects and consequences of our sin in order that we would know that we're loved unconditionally by God. It's a revelation of God's great love. And so when we are willing to take on that suffering for other people, whether it's you know people who are close to us, but we, they just re refuse to take that next step into letting go and letting their suffering be valuable and be understood and be shared. They don't want to get help or they don't. That's, that's a suffering that they're resisting, but if they opened to it, it would bring them a deep healing. And so this is really a, a, a beatitude which is for the, the perfect in that sense. <laughs> the ones that are really developing deeply because that's the deepest pain is your deepest openness to holiness. This is the pearl of great price. A pearl is formed in the you know, oyster by an irritant. Interesting. <laughs> by an irritant. Yeah, this, isn't that interesting? Right. Yeah, yeah, we're, everyone's example. nodding here, Father. We're all, you can't see us, but we're all nodding and, mm -hmm. and agreeing with what you're saying. Sometimes those little distractions during the day that you know, I get into the morning and there's a list of things I have to bang out <laughs> before a certain time and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door, there's a phone that rings, there's a person who needs help. And yes. I always wonder, okay, Lord, do you want me to be doing my plan or you sent this person, <laughs> right, <laughs> sent exactly. this person over me? How am I going to get everything done? But you're right, those irritants, I think just, you know, finding a way to even in our daily life, that's kind of a little form of persecution of dying to what we want to do. Yes. To do yes. the person that, that you know that the Lord sent to you for some for some reason that day. It's, it's like Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, isn't it? It's like, so Lord, if it be possible, let this pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. It's so beautiful. And Father, we have some prayer requests. Do you want mm -hmm. me to read each one to you, or how do you like to do this? Uh, well, you just you could just go through the whole list, and you know, we could pray in general, or we could go through one at a time. It depends on how much time we have to do. I think about ten minutes or so. Alrighty. Well, the first one is from uh, someone who wants you to pray for his sixteen-year-old daughter as she mm -hmm. deals with an eating disorder, mm -hmm. and they would like you to pray that she be healed um and that she would get help she would be actually be healed spiritually through the healing process of healing her physical disorder and mm -hmm. also it sounds like um between his wife and himself uh okay that support well one other. of the one of the issues uh just it, it depends on what the eating disorder is whether it's anorexia or bulimia or whatever but it's pretty much the same thing i think there's a deep need for love and it could be ancestral 
and so basically what what uh, you know some of these things are handed down uh, from ancestors and so it's not simply a physical thing everything is grounded in the spirit and so if there's an eating disorder there's it's like addicted to food and food is a sense of nourishment especially from the mother and so if we had that uh, healing of the mother wound at a deep level then that probably the healing eating disorder would be uh, removed what Ken McCall in his healing the, the family tree he, he prayed for about 85 different anorexics who were referred to him uh, by other therapists who weren't able to do anything and what he did was have masses said for ancestors that uh, had died and needed prayers and the person would get healed through their prayers for the ancestors so they were carrying on and the part of them was wanting to die or to to uh, you know to intercede for somebody and so the eating became or the lack of eating uh, became a sign of trying to get that restored and so let's pray Lord we just pray for this that the daughter would know that you already love her Lord and that she's already filled with your love and whoever else we might be influencing her we bring them to you too and let, let them know that you love them and I extend forgiveness to them to the extent they would receive it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen. and especially Amen. in connection with what we're praying that God loves us while we're still sinners God doesn't wait for us to be good we don't have to deserve his love because Jesus said no one is good except God so God loves all of us just as we are and if we let that love in then we'll change because we'll finally come into his peace and his love so we just pray that she would be gifted by receiving God's love and to open her heart to receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we have an email from Kristen, and mm -hmm. she said that she has terrible anxiety and she's scared that she might have colon cancer because she has some of the symptoms. And she's asking that you would ask Jesus to heal both her mind and her body and that St. Raphael the Archangel would intercede for her. No, I didn't get what the anxiety was about. That the uh, She's concerned she has colon cancer. Colon cancer, okay. So cancer itself. Now cancer itself is, I believe, is a denial disease. And so there probably is some pain deep down, which might actually, since this colon might have something to do with eating, and uh, a love deprivation or whatever uh, and so we'll just pray for that but also remember that all things that happen to us are in God's providence so they aren't things to fight they're things to listen to so that we <clears throat> find out from the Lord what he's trying to communicate to us because I had uh, spoke before about having tongue cancer and I didn't smoke or anything, so I said, Lord, what was what was this all about? And uh, he, it, it came to me that I wasn't speaking my pain. I said in the womb, I won't be a burden. And that pain was deeper than just coming to realize that I said that. It was, it was something that I wasn't speaking about. 
so I wasn't getting the healing I needed. And when I began to realize that and I did uh, get the healing that I was looking for, then uh, I didn't need the cancer anymore. So once they dealt with it, it didn't recur. And that tongue cancer, that particular type, tends to recur. So things, if we deal with the issue, then, then so what is the colon saying? What is it that we can't digest? What is the pain that's going on? And just give that to the Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would deal with that and that take away the anxiety because the future, Lord, is in your hands and you are all loving. And you don't let anything happen that you don't mean to bring good out of. And so we just need to relax and let Jesus reveal to us what the meaning of that might be. And so he can bring the healing and lead us to the healing. Just give him permission to bring you to the healing that you need and to enlighten you as to what this might be about so that you would get the healing. I did a lot of uh, therapy, really, with group therapy and everything to deal with the attachment wound of saying in the womb I won't be a burden. And so then it didn't recur again. So, Lord, we just ask that for this person who's asking for that prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And so, Father, that gets to the anxiety, doesn't it? Yes, the anxiety is always about the future. And the future is in God's hands. And so we have anxiety when we when we want to control the future. We want to make sure something isn't going to happen. But if you remember that Jesus and God are in charge of the future, nobody can do anything God doesn't permit. It's not necessarily his causative will, but his permissive will. And if he permits anything, he means to bring good out of it. And so we just need to ask him to inform us what he's trying to reveal to the person, you know, about the future. The future's in God's hands, so she, he should accept it as God's hands. Because oftentimes what we project onto the future is it will be hurt the way we were in the past. And so we, we project a pain from the past onto the future, and that creates anxiety. So if we can get healing for the earlier pain whatever it is, and it might be, a, again, a, a love wound because of the colon that expressed itself in food. And to get the healing for the, the deeper reality, you won't need to express the symptom in the, in the uh, colon. You know, it won't be there anymore because you'll be at peace because God's love is there. That's beautiful, Father. Father, I'm having a hard time understanding this uh, next email, but it's, a, it's someone from Sweden. Actually, about only about 80% of our listeners are in uh, the continental United States from our, when I look at our archives for the mm. online, 20% are around the world. So this gentleman's from Sweden. So I think I have a little bit of a language barrier here, but it looks like he's saying, it says, help and pray his fight against those who are um, teaching false doctrines there. That they're confessing Jesus, but they're you. It sounds like they're doing false doctrines and confessing Jesus, but really for their own profit, maybe. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Well, we just have to release that to the Lord again. God permits certain things so they will stand up for the truth. <laughs> like in our culture, you know, He permits abortion. Well, then we get people who stand up for life. You know, and now it'll if we can get more and more people to realize that. As soon as there's conception, there's life. 
It's not as though we even have to wait until the person consents something. We know people who know their birth. They know their conception. And Jeremiah 1.4 says that God, before he was conceived, before I placed you in the womb, I knew you. And I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. So before God puts us in the womb, and God is the one who creates, not humans. And he puts us, the soul is not dependent on the body for existence. It's dependent on the body for the human part of the existence, but the actual spiritual existence is from God. God is the direct creator of everything. And so these people, if they're perpetuating sort of false doctrines, then in a sense we have to trust that God is going to bring the truth or that somebody will stand up for the truth and that that needs to happen in that particular culture or wherever, wherever that's happening. So, Lord, we do ask that your truth would be there and that that those who perpetuate anything that's false, Lord, might be converted because you love everybody. We don't fight anybody. We just want them to come into the truth, Lord, because the truth will set us free and it will heal us. So we ask, Lord, that people not be deceived by false doctrine or by people who publish false doctrine in your name. So, Lord, you, we ask that you would step forward and prevent that so that truth would be revealed and people could get healed. Amen. 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 And, boy, Amen. we know there's a lot of uh, false doctrine going on here, here right yes. here at home. We don't have to go all the way to Sweden for it. Well, for yes, those of like so-called uh, mercy killing and that type of thing. Oh, mercy it's, killing. Uh, and, yeah. and now, Father, I get a lot of um, information and people about the mainstreaming of suicide they're trying mm. to mainstream the concept of suicide yes father, right I'm, I'm sorry this is all the time we have you've been listening to father robert sears you can hear more about father sears at www.familytreehealing.com and father could i ask you for your priestly blessing on our listeners yes may the blessing of almighty god Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon everybody who's listening and those who will listen through the archives and bring his healing and love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. God bless you. God bless you. And can't wait to have you on our next show. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI. 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.